Juicy Smollett is signaling something much bigger about the state of our nation than you may think on this bonus episode of Indie Thinker. Hey, thanks for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And also want to make sure that you know in the description of this video is a way that you can help out those who were just affected by those ravaging tornadoes that tore through our country. Right now, those people are picking up the pieces of their lives right now around Christmas. And we wanted to do something, team up with some people who could help get resources to those people. So you can check that out in the description of this episode. And then also want to make sure you understand that this sweet gear that I'm wearing, you can also take advantage of and you can buy it for your friends and family for Christmas. Go to our merch store, also in the description of this episode, and you can purchase some of our really awesome independent thinking gear. So, the real racists in our country won't surprise you. They're not running around in white sheets and burning crosses. Those people are so marginally small, it is laughable even to discuss them. The real racists are the ones who stand behind a guy like Jesse Smollett to perpetuate myths that divide us. And by the way, those who would say a white cisgender man, myself, can't critique a black gay man, that intersectionality is presently the bane of our existence and is a danger to our perception of truth. That's why I wanted to talk about this. I'm far past pining for a post-racial America. We have to get back to insisting upon it and let the values we stand be much louder than the superficial identity characteristics that we can develop. I mean... How many more genders can we possibly create? Do believe in spooks, I do, I do, I do, I do. And so for those of you who don't know what happened that night, at 2 a.m. during a polar vortex, Jesse Smollett was just innocently on his way, according to him, uh, to go get a Subway sandwich. And when he had gotten his sandwich and was on his way back home, he had two men, white men, one uh, both wearing red hats, supposedly MAGA hats, and they shouted a... Um, a homosexual slur, the F word, and then a racial slur, the N word, at him. Uh, when he was on his way back home, then they jumped him, tied a, a uh, cord around his neck in the shape of a noose, and then poured bleach all over him. Well, the only problem with that is that the two men wearing MAGA hats, the two white men wearing MAGA hats that, that evening were actually two huge Nigerian black men that Juicy Smoye had paid to attack him over $3,000. Now, there's a couple of things that tipped the police off about this. The first one was polar vortex. So the coldest night in Chicago, of all places, and this is when this uh, attack happened to be staged, and there just conveniently happened to be two white Trump supporters with bleach on the ready and nooses in their hand ready to jump on Smollett. Now, the other thing is that the police actually noted after the fact that one of the things that tipped them off, too, was the pristine nature of the Subway sandwich that was still in Jesse's hand when they showed up to his apartment to ask him about what had happened. So apparently, the toughest thing on the planet is a Subway sandwich, which comes as no surprise to any of us. The pristine nature of that sandwich was was one of their tip-off, as, as I say. Well, needless to say, uh, the police were immediately suspicious about the nature of all of this claim, and people immediately started to question whether or not this was a real, true hate crime. But also, too, not only did it immediately come out that this sounded fishy to people, but then Jesse had to go through the extra step of putting his acting skills on display by showing up with Robin Roberts for an interview where he showed his outrage for what took place that night. What do you say to a young gay man, a young gay person? To learn to fight. And I don't just mean like learn to fight. I mean, learn to fight. Learn to be a fighter. I am not advocating violence. 
at all. So let's be clear about that. If you're gonna die, fight until you do. Because if you don't fight, you have no chance. I have fought for love. I'm an advocate. I respect too much the people who I am now one of those people who have been attacked in any way. Learn to fight, folks. Now, this guy is a paid actor, which just proves the point that basically anybody can act. Uh, I, my wife is Hispanic, Latinx, if you will. And so she, uh, I often kind of joke with her because novellas are so overly dramatic. And novellas, of course, are soap operas, uh, Spanish soap operas, in this case, particularly Mexican soap operas. Uh, and and I've, I always say this phrase to her. I say, Maria, donde esta su bebe? Uh, because everybody in novella is named Maria. At least there's one person. And there's always a baby somewhere, and the baby has gone missing. So that literally means, Maria, where is your baby? So I say this to her to make fun of the melodramatic way in which uh, novella actors show up on the screen in these Hispanic novellas. And this is exactly what Jesse Smollett is, seems to be channeling here in his interview with Robin Roberts, because you don't even need to know any of the background of this, uh, of this hate crime hoax to look at this man and say, this is the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. Learn to fight. It's an incredibly awkward interview where the guy is just clearly lying throughout. Um, this is why you never let actors write their own lines. Uh, let the writers write and the actors need to act. So needless to say, this hate crime, supposed hate crime was clearly a hoax and Jesse Smollett just recently went to court to uh, to adjudicate uh, the accusation. He pled not guilty and was eventually charged. Oh, and even took the stand in his defense to put his acting on display at least one last time for all of us. I could have used a little more cowbell. So now, the only thing that we can do in the aftermath of this is to say, what does this tell us? I, I think the first thing it tells us is this, is that we are such a post-racial nation that we have people who, in order to create racial animosity, have to create racial hoaxes. This does not mean that racism doesn't exist. Of course it does. Come on, people, stay with me. Uh, it's just that whatever happens to you has so little to do with race that it barely needs mentioning. That's what it tells us. And if you don't believe me, you can listen to John McHorder. That racism isn't what it used to be. And I will openly yeah. own that what I meant then, because I mean it now, is that racism, although it's a bad thing, although yeah. we must tamp it down, is not as conclusive an obstacle to black success as we often say. If you don't believe that, just, just go back with me in the 1960s when people were obviously and overtly being mistreated for the race. No one ever had to lie or fabricate a racist incident in the 60s because they were taking place. Now you can go to the in incredibly ra radical position that racism has moved underground and become covert in its operation and those intellectually bereft hicks have actually created strategic ways in which to still attack people with racism in ways that you can't even recognize it. And we need to call Robin D'Angelo and Ibram X. Kendi to come and hunt it out for us. Or you might come to the conclusion, like John McCorder, that it is mostly irrelevant. Now, the next thing that this Jesse Smollett thing tells us, I think it tells us this, that we are living in such a time of prosperity that we have to create struggles out of whole cloth. So let me illustrate that real quick before I tell you why that's such a big deal. So now think to yourself about this. 
climate change activism and especially climate change apocalyptic speech. So while it is clear there is unanimous consensus that climate is changing and that the globe is warming, there is nowhere near unanimous consent as to how much of that change can be mitigated, first of all, but second of all, how much of it is causing some of the things that apocalyptic climate change activists claim that it is. In fact, I'll read something straight from the IPCC to illustrate that. So this is from Forbes, and according to the IPCC, there is robust evidence of disasters displacing people worldwide, but limited evidence that climate change or sea level rise is the direct cause. So we hear from some of our most popular climate change activists that by the year 2030, there will be places in the United States and maybe around the world that will be totally inhabitable, uninhabitable because of climate change. There is zero models presently out there that suggest such a thing. But perhaps we live in such a prosperous time, we're having to create struggles that don't exist. How about this one? We're presently living in a time where we say that there are babies who are being assigned gender at birth rather than actually their biological gender is evident based upon their genitalia and the scientific fact that all mammalian species are dimorphic sexually. So we know what you are from the moment that you're born. But yet now we've created a bifurcation and called it sex and gender. While it is clear that there are more masculine women than other women or maybe more effeminate men than other men, and maybe some of that has to do with hormones, what is not clear is that there are people that were born in the wrong body and then therefore they should mutilate themselves physically as a result of that belief. It seems, yet again, we're creating struggle out of whole cloth that doesn't exist. So where is all of this stuff coming from? Well, there's a fascinating book called Barbarians to Bureaucrats that I think illustrates very well what's going on in our nation. And essentially, the book just says this. So, so any company, any government entity, really anything that sets into a condition of ease will eventually decline and die. The basic idea is that things that uh, are in decline cease to operate according to the law of dynamic motion. Most organizations start in this kind of barbarian phase in a, in, a, in a principal way. And in that barbarian stage, they're fighting, they're struggling, and through that fighting and through that struggling, they're growing and, and increasing. And then eventually they get to this penultimate phase, this climax stage, if you will, and then slowly but surely start to decline until they get to the place where they get to the bureaucratic phase. And once they get to the bureaucratic phase, they're very close to declining to the point of destruction and no longer existing any longer. And that bureaucratic phase is earmarked with people who are so disconnected from the struggle that got them into their their present situation and had them see success. They're so disconnected from that struggle either because they were never a part of it or distance has gotten them so far away from that initial struggle phase. So they often appeal to the academy or institutions like science to shut people down and say, if you don't listen to me, then you're not listening to the science. While science is obviously a useful study, and there is no such thing as the science. That is a stand-in for the abuse of power and manipulation, not to mention ignorant to suggest that all scientists agree on stuff. And so that's that bureaucratic phase. And it's, it's a sign of moving away from struggle into prosperity and prosperity getting you to the place where you finally find yourself in utter decline. 
So in the absence of real purpose, what we're actually doing is we're creating purposes. We're creating struggles because we live in such a prosperous nation. And we have to be careful about that because we've already had a political class of people tell us that they will never waste a good crisis. You never want a serious crisis to go to waste. And what I mean by that, it's an opportunity to do things that you think you could not do before. Uh, never waste a good crisis. That they will take advantage of the fact that we're such a prosperous nation and they will try to impose uh, their ideological perspective through the guise of an enemy or through a crisis that doesn't even exist. So it seems quite clear to me that in the absence of God and in the presence of prosperity, we are having to create struggles from which we can derive meaning for our lives. Point being, without transcendent meaning, we grope in the darkness. We're experiencing a collapse in Western society because of a lack of this kind of meaning. And so we're so bereft of purpose that we have to create struggle where it doesn't exist. And this is where Jesse Smollett is a perfect example of this. The vain outrage and victimization that Jesse tried to create through this is not real purpose. It is a poisonous well. So to me, it's a clear indication that we're in a societal decline, that if we do not come out of the better days of our nation are behind us. Now, I hate to be so pessimistic, but the reality is, is that we desperately need purpose. We were created on purpose for a purpose. And if we are to the place where we have to create and invent struggles where they don't exist in order to find that purpose, then we are clearly in a state of decline with which we will not be able to come back from if we do not truly come to the place where we find existential purpose outside of ourselves, a transcendent purpose that, go, that is bigger than ourselves. We are desperate to matter because we were created to matter. So if barbarians and bureaucrats is right, and for that matter, historical books like the Bible, that prosperity will, if we're not careful, eventually lead to our downfall, then if it's not too late, we need to come to a place of truly discovering meaning and purpose in something that's bigger than ourselves. And I only know of one thing. Jesus. Oh, sorry, I stubbed my toe. Well, nonetheless, I'd love to know what you think. You can comment below, and thank you for liking, subscribing, and sharing. Thanks so much for watching. Oh, and Merry Christmas. You can catch brand new episodes of Indie Thinker with Reed Huberman every Monday and weekly bonus episodes to keep you thinking throughout the week. But you have to subscribe and click the bell to be notified when new episodes drop. If you enjoy this content, make sure to like this video and share it with friends.